Hey, it's your OptiLive team with your OptiLive podcast. A rad program for personalized optimal living. Enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, here we are. We've got a uh, great opportunity to share with you a podcast on insomnia. We've got, of course, Dr. Amy Banner, and I'm Eric Banter. Um, we kind of wanted to share this because there was a lot of hits on our sleep podcast. Um, I think we're grateful to be offering these also on YouTube, which is why you see some uh, of the video here. If you enjoy that as well. Um, but as we're out here finding more ways of integrating our four pillars, the breathe, eat, move, sleep, um, it, it did surprise us that sleep was, it's a big hitter. It was the top. It was, yeah. it's number one. It still is number one. Mm-hmm. So, um, it shouldn't because honestly in the office, I, mean, yeah, I was I thinking about patients, this, Yeah, so. but I, yeah. studies show, I guess like 40% of people suffer some time over the past year, difficulty sleeping, which is insomnia. Um, and I yeah, would say almost, I feel like at least two out of three, one out of two of my patients come in well, what are and these some time have suffered from it. Of course, and, energy and... Well, you know, the thing is, it obviously becomes an issue that is bothersome in their life. And I think when a lot of people start coming in to talk to me about it, like, what can I do, medicines, whatever it is, um, it is that. It's like, I'm, I'm exhausted during the day, I'm having trouble focusing, I can't fall asleep, and then I can't get up in the morning, and I'm not as productive at work. Um, Emotions, probably. Mm-hmm, and mood issues. Um, and it impairs our quality of life and what we want to get done. So, so it's affecting the brain. Right. I mean, a big part right. of it is right. taxing the, the physical body because mm-hmm. the, the sleep is the time. I'm just reiterating stuff you've told mm-hmm. me. Sleep is the time the body wants to heal. Mm-hmm. And um, within that, also the, the brain and the brain chemistry. And if you haven't had a chance, you really should listen to our first podcast because we did a really good job, I think, of going oh, over. Look at you. Um, yeah, go back sleep. and watch that again. Well, it talks about why <laughs> sleep even matters. Why is it important? What happens to our body? Um, we're not going to reiterate all of right. that. But um, I, I did want to talk about just the effects long-term of insomnia, um, actually short-term and long-term, because it's really interesting. Why do we even care? Um, we talk all the time about, obviously, it's one of our four pillars, and we talk all of the time about you need to have at least seven hours of sleep. And there are scientific reasons for this. Um, one of the biggest things is looking at longevity. You know, our, um, and I talk about these telomeres a lot. And if you look inside our body and our cells, um, at the little tips of our chromosomes, there's something called telomeres. And they're almost like if you look at a shoestring and there's like those little plastic I tips love that on analogy. that. Yeah. And, um, those telomeres naturally are going to shorten with time and age, and and usually then what happens is if they get so short, then it's almost like a shoestring, right? The the shoestring starts unfraying, and right. the same thing happens with chromosomes, and you get cellular aging, cellular death, disease. Um, there are certain things that can prematurely shorten those little tips, and there are things you can do to... Um, reverse it or even just to slow down that shortening. I love that analogy because I think of the shoestring. And I mean, we've all had shoestrings and that little plastic thing wears out. And the next thing you know, it frays. Mm-hmm. And when it frays, you can't put it back you together. You can't get it back. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the whole point right. of what's happening in our cells with the chromosome. Mm-hmm. And those, t- we want to keep those um, those telomeres or that yeah, cap that tip, engaged. Right. That little cap. When we lose it. it. 
And one of the things is we know that sleep has been shown to affect your telomere length, specifically less than seven, for sure less than six hours of sleep becomes um, five to six hours of sleep becomes an issue. I do like sleeping, but obviously I'm very intuitive. I know it's important for me. Um, And at that seven hour mark, and it's interesting, seven to nine is kind of that golden hours of um, where you see the lengthening or the positive benefits to your health. Um, There are even some studies showing like too much sleep, like over nine hours could also have some negative effects. So it's almost kind of like and a so bell-shaped curve. So ask yourself curve. why. It could be depression. It could be a lot right, of different things right. that lead into yeah, that. Yeah, thyroid's up or something like that. So anyway, it does, sleep does affect your longevity. Um, so one thing I want to say on that too, Amy, is um, I know I use my iPhone, and I think I've shared mm-hmm. this before. Uh, there's a bedtime function. Mm-hmm. And so I say, hey, I want to get eight hours of sleep. And then it goes, ding, you know, it chimes when it's time for me to go to bed. Uh, what's nice about it, too, is I can go back and there's a report that says how much am I sleeping. And so right now, I think I'm mm-hmm. seven hours and 20 minutes or something. I mean, if you go back months. And right. I know I'm trying to get more. but It's really good. Even And I don't know if we have the same one. The one I have even <laughs> records like snoring and it records right. um, movements. And then so we get into arguments as to who, who was snored. it. One time it was smashed. (laughs) But but it does look at your quality of sleep, too. So, you know, how many times are you moving around? Are you restless at night? And and it's funny, that chime, um, it's shocking because I think we all get busy and caught up. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. And I think we always have good intentions. But your chime will go off usually, I think, 930 every night. And you're like, wow, we need to slow down. And it does just, it's a reminder. Veronica Mars and everything. (laughs) Right. So, and sometimes TV can distract us all. Um, so longevity. The second thing is um, cognitive impairment, meaning like our mentation, our um, our brain health and all that. Um, and this is probably one of the very first areas that gets affected by total sleep, sleep deprivation, meaning, you know, we get busy, you worked really hard, you went a day or two without sleep, um, your focus, your... Um, your alertness, your attentiveness, all of that kind of stuff um, quickly gets affected. So your brain, you may be more forgetful, you may be spacey, you may forget things, you may not stay focused or be as productive that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you restore your sleep, though, you can quickly regain that. So that's not necessarily a permanent thing, but that is a short-term thing that... Um, it's important because I used to be horrible about I would um, stay up late and I would... Um, cram for a test or whatever and I probably did more harm than good um, but anyway now you know hindsight's twenty twenty. now I'm really cognizant you know if I have a board exam or something like that I'm just like right. gotta get my sleep I've learned all I can and yeah. um, what else the next thing we were going to talk about was mood um, and it's interesting they've done studies and shown that people can actually start developing signs and symptoms that appear to be depression can be the exact same things, irritability, low energy. Um, you know, when we do all these like little mood assessments to see if somebody's depressed, right. sometimes um, decreased appetite, increased appetite, those type of things, um, decreased libido, poor judgment, those all can come from sleep deprivation. And again, as soon as you restore your sleep back, all of those reverse, showing that it's not necessarily depression, but your lack of sleep was affecting your mood. It's probably dependent chemicals. on the individual, but I mean, would you say if you had four days, seven days of good sleep that you should see a difference? I mean, is it, 
I know you said it's yeah, pretty I quick, but what is that rate? Uh, I that's a good question because I don't even know if I know that answer. But you would I feel a difference probably quickly, after many days, even a few days. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and it's hard. I mean, I do feel bad for the people that are on like swing shifts and shift work. And we'll talk a little bit at the end of this about um, just some natural things that people can right. do for that. Um, another interesting thing: heart disease. They looked at like twenty thousand adults. Um, and they found that those that had less than six hours of sleep had um, 15, 15 plus percent greater risk of heart disease. Wow. Just lack of sleep. And what they think happens is that um, you get increased inflammation and these markers, like one's called CRP, and we know that inflammation can start causing damage to blood vessels, make your blood thicker, make you clot more. So now we have like actually some evidence showing that lack of sleep can increase your risk of heart disease, even make you form more plaque at a higher rate than people that are getting good sleep. So it's important for your well, heart. A lot that, I mean, a lot of good reasons why you should sleep. There are immunosuppression. That's that is huge. Um, and I was classic. Like I would finals. I always got sick after finals every right. every semester in college. Um, and what happens is these things called cytokines. That they're like proteins that help your body fight um, infection and inflammation. And you don't produce those cytokines as well when you're sleep deprived. And so you're just more likely to get sick or um, not be able to fight off viruses. It was interesting. They did a study and looked at people after they got the flu shot, and those that were sleep-deprived did not respond to mounted immunity as well. Interesting. interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing that a lot of people, I think, hear of um, and is a concern, obesity, metabolism. It really gets affected if you're sleep-deprived. all kinds of markers get off leptin and ghrelin, which help control your appetite get affected. And so you, um, when you're sleep deprived, you'll feel more hungry and like you just feel like you can't get full. And I would always, when I was on call and I'd be up like 24, well, really 48 hours, um, I felt like I was starving for two days afterward. And mm. looking back, it was this messing up of my um, chemicals. Your cortisol gets off and we know that high cortisol... When you're not, because when we sleep, remember, we it's like a restorative time that we're supposed to regenerate. And if we are not sleeping, our cortisol gets high. When our cortisol is high, um, you get more belly fat, you get more Because um, that's our stress deposition. response, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is it was needed for fight or flight, but it wasn't needed mm-hmm. in our culture constantly to be on. Right, right. And so the sleep's, well, we're, we're under a lot of stress, so we're getting the response there. And then you're saying compounding on that is if we don't get good sleep, then you also have an opportunity to release these chemicals that are really a stress response. Mm -hmm. And that's where the belly fat, Mm -hmm. the cortisol. And I have people, and again, that's why we really came up with these four pillars, because um, it's not one of these that's going to balance your life and help your health and promote longevity because I've seen people that come in and they eat great, they exercise all the time, but they're stressed and they don't sleep. And until they address those, um, I mean, really, it's very, I've seen it over and over and over again in patients. Until we can get restorative sleep, um, which also helps your stress, which then balances everything out, then you can start seeing they'll burn the fat and lose the belly fat. And what, a, what a great habit to start, especially if you still have kids, because it shows them the importance of sleep, right? Not that we're wearing this as a badge. It says, oh, I didn't, all I get is four or five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and you can for a while, but it's just not good for your body at all. Definitely not good for your longevity. Well, I had a patient, I think Friday, um, and she said, I just don't need sleep. I just never have. And I mean, literally, I think she gets four hours every night. And she said, I'm, I feel good. I've got good energy. But she did. She has high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Because we were talking about why is your blood pressure still up. And, and it's um, not funny, but we're laughing because our dog is in the pond down here. And I think he just jumped after <laughs> some fish. <laughs> anyway, you're patient. I yeah, sorry. That's why we're not doing the podcast outside. He's too noisy. Um but anyway, I you don't think you need that sleep. I think right. that a lot of people are like, I feel fine. And it's kind of like we talk on this, you're on this spectrum of health. And, and in the middle is um, healthy, I feel well. But yet, sometimes you can have some silent disease going on, right? We've talked about this all the mm-hmm. time, that it's not just an overnight thing that you go from healthy to sick. Um, there is a spectrum and there are things going on at our cellular level in our body all the time. And so our body's always trying to balance and restore and keep everything working like it's supposed to. And sleep is one of them that we have to do because we just talked about all Mm -hmm. these um, effects on your health that can occur. And so um, I guess let's talk about how can we treat insomnia. Okay. Um, And I am That would be helpful. That's right. What can we do about this? Um, I am a proponent of trying everything as natural as we can because, again, if we give our body what it needs, it is amazing and it makes all these designed chemicals and it is designed to heal and the body wants to work right and keep things in balance. Um, a lot of people come in wanting sleeping pills. Um, they've tried everything. And interestingly, there's a lot of studies, even with over-the-counter sleeping aids, because the Tylenol PM, the ibuprofen, um, Benadryl combinations or the Tylenol Benadryl combination. Most of those, if they say PM, like um, Advil PM, Tylenol PM, have Benadryl in them. That's an antihistamine. And histamines get high for different reasons. Um, antihistamines, one of their side effects is sleepiness. So a lot of people take that. But you can have uh, ill effects of long-term use of antihistamines even over the counter. Um, they've been put on this list of meds that anyone over 65 should not take them because there's a higher risk of memory trouble and dementia. Hmm. And for all of us, um, even these over-the-counter ones, you may feel like it's helping, but it makes you more groggy or it may affect you being less focused. Um, reaction time may be less. So um, I really think if we can do things as natural as possible, and we'll talk about foods and supplements. Our breathing um, exercises. Breathing exercises. Um, and and sleeping meds, prescription or over-the-counter, all have that risk of um, affecting our memory. I mean, I've seen people sleepwalk and do things in the middle of the night, eat <laughs> things that they didn't know right. or what they were doing. So um, there is a cascade of uh, chemicals we all hear of tryptophan, remember, mm-hmm. like um, oh, we you eat the big turkey yeah. meal and increases your tryptophan. Tryptophan eventually leads into melatonin, and it works through this little chemical pathway. It's like tryptophan, 5-HTP, which a lot of my patients might hear me talk about 5-HTP for treating um, mood and insomnia. And then 5-HTP goes into serotonin, serotonin, melatonin. So... Um, 
there are different ways along this pathway. You know, we all hear of melatonin. A lot of people right, take melatonin ways, to help yeah. you sleep. And it's great. It's a very effective um, treatment. And but our body does it naturally. safe. Uh-huh. And um, we talked in our first podcast. So, again, you might even want to refresh her and listen to that. But we talked about... There are certain things that will impair our production of melatonin. Remember, it's the light um, in our pineal gland. So if we are, you know, naturally as it gets dark and our brain senses, oh, it's time to go to bed, um, we start producing melatonin. But we leave on computers and blue light and lights in our house and we work into the late hours of the night. And so our our brain doesn't always get those same signals that, oh, it's time to Mm -hmm. go to bed. And produce melatonin. So you can take melatonin. Um, it's really been shown to be very effective in shift workers. So if somebody um, worked an evening shift and needs more restorative sleep, that's a good solution for you. Um, so melatonin you supplements, melatonin? you can get them at the pharmacy. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. They're over the counter. Um, so low dose, one to three milligrams. You don't need to take crazy high doses. Sometimes you can throw off because of the feedback mechanisms, other things like your serotonin, or you can feel too stimulated. So don't overdo melatonin. Okay. Um, naturally, we can eat foods that increase melatonin through like tryptophan, um, turkey, poultry like chicken, eggs, salmon and shrimp, nuts, nuts um, soy, bananas, think pineapple. Um, but there's different things you can do that in your diet. So I think if you can try to eat healthy foods, even at, oh, I bet I was reading um, a snack like cherries, I know, can increase your melatonin. So like maybe a little bit of cherries or even having some of these little snacks like we talked about, just a little bit if you are feeling like you're struggling to settle in for the night. Um, milk, you know, the hot milk, you know, <laughs> it really does. I think it re- increases it through tryptophan and can help increase your melatonin. So there are foods you can do um, that maybe would help you be able to get a better night's sleep. And if you're paying better attention during the day to just a better well-rounded diet, you're gonna have more of those amino acids, which tryptophan, um, 5-HTP, those are all amino acids that Mm -hmm. then lead into serotonin and melatonin. Remember, serotonin is that mood chemical. And so even just eating well to support your serotonin is important. Um, we're gonna. I, I'm excited to talk about some. Um, we're gonna start a book club, and yes, you are. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have That's a book exciting. club monthly, and one of them. Stay tuned is, for the book club. Um, it talks. Uh, it's a good book that talks about just foods to um, improve our brain chemicals and our mood chemicals. So how we can naturally eat a diet to support our serotonin and dopamine and things like that. So this is a. So how will that resource work? I mean, in your book club, you're gonna just. Basically, pull out some of the pearls that you yeah, liked. In yeah, the review a book, and I think every month we're going to start with Dr. Hyman's food book. Um, so that is we do my like first Dr. one, Hyman. Mm-hmm. and I'll talk about that on our first one, and just give an overview and give people maybe a month to check out the book and read it if they're inclined. Yeah, awesome. Um, so what others? There's so we talked about food. Oh, magnesium, big one. We take it every night. Mm-hmm. Magnesium is. Um, very helpful. They it increases GABA and increases your melatonin. Don't take too much. So of it. you have to be careful because it can cause a little GI loosening if you overdo it. Yeah, but so that's, that's well put. Um, yeah. So um, most Follow people take anywhere from two hundred fifty to five hundred milligrams safely. That's um, the citrate, though. That's the one that has the. 
Yeah, the we like something called Calm Mac, which is, right. um, and again, I've seen it. I just saw it at Kroger the other day. You can get it on Amazon. It's a powder, um, very well absorbed, and I think less side effects. I think there's 325 in two teaspoons. So we usually, I usually tell patients start with two teaspoons, and then you can back it down to one. Right. But it's very good. It's a relaxing, lowers your stress. Um, Magnesium and some of these other vitamins are cofactors, which means they help your body's chemical reactions work that make things like melatonin, serotonin, and things like that. So I think everybody honestly benefits from a little magnesium. Um, GABA is another chemical that I use, a, a substance that I'll use. It's just a natural supplement. Um, GABA is more um, like an amino acid. Um, and GABA is that calming chemical in our body. And so it's that if you don't have enough GABA, you can feel a little more revved up and anxious and have trouble sleeping. So GABA is easy supplement you can get over the counter as well. And then natural, um, I've heard of the valerian. Valerian's a, uh-huh, another one that is very safe. It's also, it's it's got more sedative effects. So you do just have to be careful because you can, just like anything, you can get too much and then feel really groggy, have trouble waking up in the yeah. morning, but it's very safe. Um, so yeah, valerian root. I like doing um, oils, like lavender oil too. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. Some people look at ingesting it. I don't. You got to be careful. It can cause like upset stomach and GI distress. So I really just would recommend that more as essential oil. Smelling it, I often will put it on right. my um, temples or on my arms and just mm-hmm. as that. It's good for kids. Very safe. Um, chamomile tea, passion flower tea. So you can just have a little tea. We're settling in for the in evening. Your, in your Purdue my University Purdue mug. mug. That's right. Yay, go um, boilers. But yeah, chamomile also increases your GABA, um, which again is just kind of getting your body to relax yep. and calm. Um, and the only thing I would caution there, uh, and I don't see it tons anymore, but Kava Kava was something that a lot of people use for a long time for anxiety and sleep, but it has a lot of liver toxicity, so would not use that. The ones that we talked about here are very mild and neutral um, and non-toxic. And we'll put um, a lot of these in the notes, too. So if you're like, okay, what did she say? Just go back to the front of um, either the podcast. uh, We'll we'll put it in the YouTube um, notes as well so that you've got some of these references. Mm-hmm. Um, or listen to us again. That's right. Anything else you can think of? That's a lot of information, lot Amy. Of information That's really, really good. Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, you having all this knowledge and being able to share it. I mean, what a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope this has been very helpful for you. And if you like this podcast, obviously, down at the bottom, hit that subscribe, um, like us, uh, give us some uh, yeah. you know feedback. Let us know if there's some other topics that would be very helpful. Um, and as we get that, then we're just kind of uh, providing that. But uh, we're grateful for the opportunity to serve you. Um, coming off here with our OptiLive Breathe, Eat, Move, Sleep. Check us out, shamrockwellness.com. We hope to see you soon. Have a great day. Cheers. Hey, this is the OptiLive team with your OptiLive podcast. And as always, Breathe, breathe Eat, Move, move sleep. sleep.